Welcome. The National Resource Center on ADHD is pleased to present our special broadcast, Holiday Gifts for Children with ADHD. Featuring our guest today, developmental therapist and early childhood special education teacher, Megan Murphy. I am Karen Sampson Hoffman, coordinator of the Ask the Expert webcast series. Thank you for joining us for this presentation, either as a video or as a podcast. The Ask the Expert webcast series is presented by the National Resource Center on ADHD, which gives the general public access to top clinicians, researchers, and other professionals. The National Resource Center is a partnership between CHAD and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and serves as the national clearinghouse for the latest evidence-based information on ADHD. For those of you who have viewed our broadcast, a brief survey will appear on your screen. Please take a couple of minutes to let us know what you think and how we can better serve the ADHD community through the Ask the Expert webcast series. It is a privilege to introduce our guest expert, Megan Murphy. Ms. Murphy is a credentialed developmental therapist and certified early childhood special education teacher who has worked with children with special needs for the last eight years as a special education teacher and developmental therapist. She is currently a family play specialist for the National Lecotech Center. Ms. Murphy supports families with special needs through facilitation of therapeutic play sessions, including programming in a variety of community settings, such as public libraries and the Chicago Botanic Gardens. She specializes in matching appropriate toys to children of all abilities. Ms. Murphy, many of our families are beginning their shopping for the holiday season. Every year, the National Resource Center hears from parents, aunts, uncles, grandparents, pretty much anyone who has an important child in their life, that they need some suggestions for finding appropriate gifts for children affected by ADHD. We have your top five holiday hints for shopping for a child with ADHD to share with our audience, along with some commonly asked questions. How about we begin with your top five hints, and then we'll move on to our discussion. That sounds excellent. So my number one hint for shopping for a child in your life is to think about what the children's really or what the children are really interested in, um, and if an activity relates to a child's interest, and then the child is going to be really engaged in it and motivated by it, even if it, it presents a task that's a little bit difficult. Um, one of the things we talk about um, at the National Lecotech Center that play provides is a fail-free environment for children to work on their skills. And so if a child is really motivated by, say, um, a Doc McStuffins toy and maybe pretend play is a little bit challenging for them, if they like the show and they have the toy, then they're going to experiment with imaginative and creative play using those props because it's such a motivating experience. Um, so in that way, I would recommend thinking a lot about what the children are interested in that you're buying for and incorporating those interests into the toys. Um, there are a lot of even puzzles and books and action figures um, and games that have um, beloved characters like Elmo or the Frozen Princesses or Batman. And that can be a great way to pull a child in and catch their interest. Um, my, and my next tip is to um, really think about who you're buying for and where the child's skill level is and look for materials with fewer background distractions. Often, um, we're presented with toys for children that have a lot of lights and sounds and music or books with really intense illustrations or puzzles that have a whole farm scene across the back. 
often um, we can help children succeed with these tasks by just making them a little bit less distracting. So you can find a puzzle where it's just the shapes and a plain background, or it's just the animals or instruments and a plain wooden background. Um, instead of getting Barbie's Dream House, um, which has all of the furniture and things printed on scenes in the back of the dollhouse, consider getting a plain wooden dollhouse so that the, the dollhouse is there and the furniture is there, but the dollhouse isn't taking away from the child's ability to focus on the play. Um, my next tip is to seek out toys and games that are really going to help children improve those executive function skills. Um, I just talked a little bit about how you want to create a fail-free play environment so that kids feel safe working on their, their skills. Um, and a way to do this is um, to think about the skills that the children need to work on and find toys and games that reinforce those. Things like um, Lego kits with um, their printed directions. Uh, the Goldie Blocks Company has a storybook that you read as you build something. Other games like Scategories, which makes you think about um, words in a certain category that start with um, a letter that you've rolled on a dice, or the game Headbands, where you have, um, you, you know, you can see, uh, for instance, the word animal on someone's head, and you want to try and get them to guess that, and you have to think of all the different ways you can describe it without saying the word animal. Or Pictionary, Rush Hour, um, there's a great game by Haywire called Word Pirates, and all of these games encourage kids to use their executive functioning skills to organize and plan and then act out what their plan is. And it's a really low-stake, stress-free way to target those executive function skills that so many children with ADHD struggle with. Um, I also want to remind you not to forget about active toys and games. You know, it is wonderful to incorporate skill building, um, executive function skill building into play. But we also want to think about what kids are really interested in, going back to my first point. And for so many kids with ADHD, they really love to move and, and figure out how to get their body into certain places and, and how to move their body um, in a way that's really fun. And so there's games like Cranium Hullabaloo and Charades for Kids involve movement into gameplay. If you want to have um, less structured play, you can get tunnels or small trampolines. Um, there's some great plastic stepping stones that you can get um, into your home. And these are all really fun activities that you can do inside um, in, during the winter months. You can also take them outside if you live in a warmer climate or in the warmer months. And you could combine them into an obstacle course or um, encourage kids to figure out their own obstacle course, which again would, would activate some of those executive function skills, but in a really fun way that incorporates movement. Um, my last tip, and I think that a lot of people forget about this at the holiday time, is to consider giving an experience instead of an actual toy. Um, this is great for older kids as well. And so think about, again, what the child is interested in. Maybe um, your child really loves dinosaurs, and you know that they would love a day trip to a museum that has dinosaur skeletons. Or maybe your child is really interested in art, and you could go to the art museum. You could even plan a trip to the local ice skating rink if that's what your child is really interested in. And so you can give them those, uh, you know, the tickets or even a voucher that you've printed up on your computer um, for, for your holiday. And then when it's time to go, you can help 
you can have the child help plan your trip, again, to activate those executive function skills. Um, we want to go on a Tuesday. Is the museum open on Tuesday? Do we need to pack a lunch? Um, which exhibits do you want to see first? Here's a map. How are, you know, what's the best way to get to the dinosaur we want to see? And you can use lists and graphic organizers as tools and really tap into those skills. So those are some really good suggestions getting us started on what to look for, what types of toys. You've offered some suggestions, traditional ones like Legos, and then you mentioned Goldie Blocks, which I've heard are very popular. So let's get started on when we're talking general gift giving. What about young children? Let's start with the preschool. We're going to start with kids preschool, kindergarten, when we're looking for gifts for them. And we're dealing with ADHD, so we, a lot of times we're dealing with some impulsivity, we're dealing with trouble maintaining attention, especially at an age where that's also very common. Children who are not affected by ADHD, they often have trouble maintaining attention on games. What should we look for when we're walking on the, through the toy aisle at the supermarket or the superstore? Well, often for this age group, toys with a sensory component can help children build their attention. So for instance, um, there's something called Insta-Snow, and, and you add, it comes in a little powder, and you add water, and it puffs up very similar to snow. You could also make your own using um, baking soda and shaving cream. Um, and then it's really fun to put your hands in and move around. And you can take that sensory component and then add something to it, like plastic animals that would live in the Arctic. Um, or even the characters from Frozen. You can add a lot of things into things like kinetic sand to provide that sensory um, component. You can hide puzzle pieces into the sand. And then it adds a really fun element um, and helps kids maintain their attention. I also really encourage um, toys that lead children to creativity in this young age. We want them to really use their imaginations and explore um, what they're learning about the world through their play. And so this, again, is where keep in mind what they're interested in um, is a really great tip. A lot of characters that we love um, come in sets of action figures, and you can either add them into your sensory component or put them in a dollhouse. Um, Dress-up clothes are wonderful. Art materials can be great. If you have a kid who's really impulsive and you don't want them drawing on your walls, Crayola makes the Color Wonder line of um, art materials with um, paint and markers that aren't going to draw on the wall. They're only going to draw on the special Crayola paper, which can be helpful for those of us with young children. Um, I also really enjoy um, books for kids this age, really active, fun books, um, things that you loved as a child. Because if you remember how excited you were when you were a young child reading Where the Wild Things Are, and then you're reading to your child that same book or to your niece or nephew that same book, your, um, your excitement about the book is going to come through, and they're going to be very interested in what you have to say about it and sharing that experience with you. Where the Wild Things Are is my favorite book, and it is one that I have read to my nieces and nephews and my young cousins over and over. And you know, books are, are a wonderful way of helping children explore the world and really engage and, and learn more and colorful books. But what type of books, you meant, and we just mentioned now where the wild things are, as we're getting into the older years, elementary school, what types of books, uh, what type of games for elementary school students should we be looking 
looking for. I know there are a couple elementary school students in my life that I'll be shopping for, and I know that our readers, pardon me, our audience, our listeners today, a lot of them have elementary school children. We hear about this a lot from the at the NRC. So when we go shopping, what should we be looking for for the elementary kids? Well, um, again, so often developmentally at about age eight, children stop being as interested in, in small individual toys or things like dollhouses, and they get more interested in um, pursuing things at a, at a different level. So instead of maybe playing with a magnifying glass or wearing a science lab coat like they would as a child, they're going to want to do hands-on science experiments instead. The magic school bus, I don't know if you were speaking of things from when we were young, um, I don't know if you remember those books, um, and it's now streaming on Netflix. They have this great line of science projects and they um, science kits, and um, their chemistry lab actually comes in a little bus-shaped box, and it has really wonderful, high-quality um, beakers and uh, funnels and things to measure, and lit it comes with litmus paper and clay, as, as well as cards with different science experiments on it. Um, I think that would be a great um, gift for someone in the elementary years or middle school years who's really interested in science. Um, there are some great jewelry making kits out there. A lot of them you can get at craft stores like Michael's or there's even an aisle at Target dedicated to these kinds of things where you can make bracelets or hair wraps or duct tape wallets, things like that. Um, I know some kids are still really into the rainbow loom bracelets. Um, I think those are the, the friendship bracelets of this generation. I remember making them with embroidery thread. Um, there's also themed Lego sets. Um, so for instance, if your child's really into um, Star Wars or Batman, you can get these teeny tiny little piece, you know, little Legos and build them into the Starship Enterprise, which I think is actually Star Trek, but that's okay. The Starship when Enterprise is definitely... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, I was just going to cough. The Starship Enterprise, is that definitely Star Trek? I can't remember. It is definitely Star Trek. The Enterprise is captained by Kirk in the original series and Picard in The Next Generation. Okay. And uh, it Star, Star Trek it remains popular. So does Star Wars. Uh, there have been the recent movies, and there's been talk that more movies are coming out. And since we're touching on movies here, what about the toys and, and items that are geared towards movies? Some of our kids are going to be interested in Star Wars and Star Trek, but also the movie Frozen seems to have been the movie of the year. And uh, I think many of our listeners today are probably singing some of the songs from Frozen. But what about those toys and gifts that are based on movies? How should we view those? Are those things that we should be looking for for our kids? You know, I think um, as someone who has certainly listened to the Let It Go song roughly 5,000 times over the last year with my five-year-old daughter, um, I'm certainly ready for her to be uh, tired of it and to move on, but she's not. And, she, and, and I think we need to give kids the same opportunity to really love and, and be fans of things that we have as adults. I mean, those of us who are adults... We, um, we all have things we get really excited about. Maybe we've seen the same artist in concert 13 times, or maybe we've watched The Sopranos on DVD over and over again. And I think it's important to be part of those, 
pop culture experiences and, and to be able to connect with your peers over a mutual love for something and to just, we call it being a fangirl or a fanboy at my house, to just fangirl out about things and to, unenthusiastic, or to enthusiastically love them and not feel badly about being a fan of something. And so, you know, your child's not going to love Frozen forever. Something else is going to come along and spark their interest. But in the meantime, I, I don't think that we should try and steer them away. And, and like I was saying earlier, if your child is really interested in something, Frozen or, or um, Star Wars or um, really anything, like Sesame Street, a lot of young children are interested in Elmo, then you can use that as a tool to get your child to do other things. And, and one of the, you know, merchandising isn't always wonderful, but one of the great things that's come out of merchandising is that you can find a toy that ties in with a child's favorite thing that targets just about any skill you'd like to. So, for instance, if you have a child that you want to encourage to move more actively, um, Disney actually makes an Elsa dress that's motion-activated and will light up and sing Let It Go as you move your body. Um, so there's those sorts of things. Or even for, for readers who aren't necessarily fluent in reading or they're struggling, getting those book and movie tie-in title or t those those tie-in titles is going to be really motivating for them and it's going to encourage them to read more. And so I, I think that we should embrace our children's fan fanning out and, and help them um, find new ways to approach play using those interests, even if we're really tired of hearing that song for the 6,000th time. Oh, but it is sung so beautifully by Little Voices for it the 6,000th and first time. I know. I, I hear that song all the time. So often that sometimes when my music is on shuffle and I'm in the car by myself, I will sing along. I, don't even I was informed I was singing the wrong... Oh, I was informed I was singing the wrong words. Oh, no. I hope she corrected Oh, yes. <laughs> I was. Oh, good. Okay. Well, Frozen leads me to the next question. A lot of kids uh, with ADHD have trouble making friends. And the reason Frozen led me to the next question is the, the small child in my life who is a fan of Frozen. It, the question about making friends, and I've seen her and her friends singing the song, but a lot of kids with ADHD, they have some trouble making friends, maintaining friendships. And are there any games or toys that you could suggest for kids who are struggling with friendships to maybe model, practice some of these friendship skills um, in how to make a friend or connect or using Frozen as a basis perhaps to, or another popular movie to nurture those friendships? What are some of the some games or, or books or something that you could suggest? So in general, when you play a game with a child, a, a competitive game, you're learning things like turn-taking, which is really important in conversations, and sportsmanship, and, and how to be okay with things when they're not going your way, that frustration when maybe um, you know, you're, you're playing Yahtzee and you've rolled the same combination of dice three times in a row. Um, those are all skills that are going to transfer into making friends. Um, you can also bring children together around a game, like we were, we were discussing. Maybe the game is Frozen, or there's a Doc McStuffins version of the game Guess Who, and you could have children in your life or in your classroom if you're a teacher um, who are interested in that come together and play it 
while you're modeling appropriate behavior. There's also a company called Peaceable Kingdom, and they make cooperative games, so there's not a winner or a loser. Everyone is working together in order to achieve an outcome rather than competing against each other. So one of those games is Lost Puppies, and all the participants that are playing are, are working together to um, get those lost puppies home, and so that nurtures this cooperative spirit and helps children work together. Um, you know, you can also read books about um, some that I remember are things like Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing and um, is a great one for older kids where he's, he's learning how to navigate relationships with his family and his friends, and he sometimes makes mistakes, and you can talk about that with your kids and say, well, here's what I would have done instead. Um, Kevin Henkes writes these beautifully illustrated picture books um, about little mice. One is called Chrysanthemum, and, and it addresses um, bullying and teasing. And another one um, is Sheila Ray the Brave, and it's two sisters helping each other find their way home. I think those are really good examples of um, toys and games and books that you can use. And you can also, after watching movies like Frozen, just talk to your kids and say, well, here's what happened in the movie, and let's talk about what you should do with your friends. And in Frozen, uh, the, the younger sister, Anna, she has to figure out friendships and navigating who is truly a friend and who isn't. So that is a, a good point of helping some kids with ADHD with those social cues and, and navigating friendships. Well, going on social cues, a lot of kids with ADHD deal with frustration. It is part of the disorder when impulsivity is, is present or with navigating the social cues. A lot of our kids have some trouble with that. Are there any types of games or toys that maybe we should avoid when we are doing our holiday shopping for our kids that could lead to increased frustration. That's the last thing we want to do. We're looking for a good experience. So is there anything that we should kind of steer clear of? You know, I think in general, um, it's hard to say what toys we should steer clear of without knowing a, a specific child. But I do think what you should keep in mind is where the child's skills are. And if you're buying, say, Monopoly, for a four-year-old, then that really is not going to be something that that child can participate in meaningfully, even with really good adult help. And, and so you want to think about what that child's skill set is and what they can accomplish with help and maybe on their own. And, and keep that in mind when you're buying toys. So if you have a child with a lot of fine motor difficulties, maybe Barbie and all of her clothes that are really hard to get on and off isn't a good choice for that child. But there are these little um, action figures that have clip-on dresses that come on and off pretty easily. Um, or, for instance, if you have um, you know, someone who's really interested in Legos that has a hard time reading directions, maybe instead of getting that Starship Enterprise kit, you're going to get one of the smaller, maybe you know, 15 or 20 piece Lego kits to start with so that um, the child doesn't become overwhelmed. And then they can build up and, and get better and better at those skills and with help then eventually build that Starship Enterprise instead of getting so frustrated that they quit altogether. Having them get frustrated and quitting, that's something to keep in mind definitely a lot of times. Many of us have heard with, uh, with our kids, you know, um, they get frustrated, I can't do this, I'm not good at this. How do you kind of encourage them away from that I can't do this mindset when they're frustrated and redirect them 
to the skill that they are good at. So I think it's really important for parents and caregivers and teachers to keep in mind that when we do things for children, we're not actually ultimately helping them become more capable and, and build their confidence. So it's very important to think about what it is they're saying. So let's say, I can't do this. I can't, um, I can't build this Lego castle. I can't do it. I'm so mad. I threw it. It's done. Instead of saying, oh, I'll do it for you, or, oh, you're right, you can't. Let's go do a puzzle. Sit down with the child and say, I know that you're really, this is really frustrating for you, but let's work on it together. And maybe today we can just build a tower, and I'll help you. And then tomorrow we'll finish the rest of it. I think it's important to help um, scaffold the child's skills and, and say, well, I'll, I'll help you with the base, um, and why don't you help me put these green pieces on top? Or even, for instance, with a zipper, if you're working on dressing a baby doll or putting your own coat on, instead of when the child says, I can't do it, zipping it for them, maybe catch the zipper and then start pulling it and let them pull it the rest of the way up so that they've had some success and they feel com confident in completing the activity with help. I think that's a, a good suggestion in helping them learn how to do this and completing the activity. Well, a moment ago, too, you were mentioning perhaps not Monopoly for a four-year-old. Monopoly is a, a pretty involved game. But what are some board games for kids who have ADHD, and actually not just for them, but for their families, because a lot of families like to spend an evening playing board games together. What would you suggest for a child who's dealing with some of the classic symptoms of ADHD, the inattention, the uh, hyperactivity, the need to move around? What would be some good family games, some good board games for our families? Um, well, it's not even a board game, but this game, Cranium Hullabaloo, is wonderful for, for kids who really need to move around. You put um, a bunch of little, um, they're like plastic discs on the floor in different shapes and different colors with different things on them, and then the Hullabaloo device will say, twirl to a food, and then you twirl your body and stand on the food. And then it'll say jump to a circle, and everyone gets to do that together. Um, and at the very end, it'll say, is anyone standing on the spaghetti? If you are, you're a winner. And then you get to do a little dance. And I think that can be really fun for kids who are very busy and have a hard time sitting still. In fact, we've played that game um, in my kitchen. It seems to be the best floor plan layout um, approximately 46 times, uh, and it's been really fun. The other thing you can think about are games that don't take a really long time to play because they start and finish quickly, and then they help children feel successful and that they were able to have that family interaction. Um, Chicky Boom is a great game where um, it's, you take um, wagon wheels and, and some chickens and hay bales, and you put them on um, a, it's, it's like a scale, um, and each person takes turns taking pieces off without knocking it all over, and then when it knocks over, you add up the numbers on the bottom of your chickens and see who won. So that game can, can be played by an entire family in less than 10 minutes. Um, and so it doesn't take a really long time or have a lot of involved rules, but you still get a really good family experience where you've all been playing together. Um, another great 
um, trick is to use things like visual timers or even a picture of a stop sign. And so when it's not your turn, you get to hold that picture of the stop sign and maybe it says wait to remind you, like, oh, it's not my turn. I have to wait a minute. Or, oh, I can't blurt out the answer right now. I need to wait. Um, and it gives a really great visual cue to kids. Um, for older kids or families with um, much older kids, Haywire Games has some great uh, games out. One is Matchsticks. Another one is Word Pirates. Um, and they, then they have another game called um, Robin Eggs, where um, the kids, it's built in some academic skills, and the kids do need to really plan and, and execute their plan in order to get to the, the goal at the end and, and win. Um, and again, those are some really fun ways, especially if you have teams. Maybe you have a child who's really struggling with some of those spelling words. And so when you're playing word pirates, maybe mom and the child who are struggling are going to play on a team against dad um, or aunt and uncle. That can be really helpful with games. Um, and just remember, too, sometimes the experience is what's really important, and, and you don't have to finish something that everyone's being miserable at. I mean, I remember growing up and having these games of Monopoly last way past when anyone was interested in them. And if your goal is to enjoy time together as a family, you can always put it aside and say, you know what, we'll finish this game tomorrow after dinner. And that's the part of it, too. Not all the games need to be completed in one sitting, can do they? No, they really Maybe don't. Maybe play... Oh, that's, that can be helpful for kids, too, knowing like, oh, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step aside for a little bit, and then I can go back to something and complete it, and that's okay. And that's part of it, too, is kind of breaking it up. And I once heard that sometimes the uh, board games, they come with directions, but that doesn't mean you have to follow them, now does it? Oh, it certainly does not mean you have to follow them because the whole point of playing a board game is to enjoy time with people you love and you care about, right? It's not necessarily to follow the directions as the makers made them. Um, and, you know, at the National Lecotech Center, we adapt games all the time by taking pieces out or um, making the game a little bit less complicated. For instance, when I introduce the game Candyland, I always take out all of the little, like, Queen Frostine and... Um, the cards that will send you all the way back in the game because it's just too hard for really young first-time game players to understand that and maybe deal with that level of frustration. And then once the child becomes more competent and masters playing Candyland, we add those back in. Um, another great game that scaffolds play is Pengaloo. Um, I think that the makers of Pengaloo are blue-orange. Um, and it's a matching game. You roll the dice and then you pick up these little penguins to see what color egg is underneath. And when I first introduced that game, um, there's an element of play where if you know, if you and I are playing, Karen, and you know that I have a purple on my iceberg, you can actually take my purple penguin away and, and put it on and steal it. Um, when I'm first introducing it to kids, I don't add that part of the gameplay. We just do, here's what's on the game board, here are the pieces you can look for. And then once the child gets to the point where they can handle that level of, you just took my game piece, um, or even to think about, like, well, now I have to remember what's on the board and what's on her, um, what's on her iceberg. They call them icebergs. Um, then you add that piece back in, and you can build up to it. Another great resource for families learning how to play games is YouTube. So many companies um, or YouTube channels feature examples of how to play games. 
So let's say you're really interested and you want to start playing Settlers of Catan with your middle schooler, which is a very complex game. You can go to YouTube and type that in, and um, channels like Time to Play or even the makers of the game will have a short two or three minute video that show everybody how to play, which can be so helpful, not just for people with ADHD who really need that um, example, but for really everybody who's new to something. Well, I'm going to wrap us up with two more questions. And the first one is with Christmas coming, with the holidays coming, other gift-giving seasons, devices, tablets, smartphones, um, various similar handheld devices. What is your thoughts? What are your thoughts? What are the what is your community's thoughts, developmental therapists, on these toys, on the games on these toys? Is this a good idea for a child with ADHD? Is this something that maybe we should wait until they're in high school before we start offering tablets and similar devices to kids? So, you know, I think it's impossible to keep things like tablets and smartphones away from children um, because we're all, as adults, engaged in games and apps on them. I would really caution giving children their own tablets and smartphones um, because we do know that too much screen time and engaging with these um, apps that provide instant gratification isn't really good for children with ADHD or really even children who need to work on building attention or their executive function skills. Um, there are a couple good apps out there. One I really like is called Letter School, and it helps kids um, learn how to make uh, the letters of the alphabet and numbers. And I know that children with ADHD can struggle sometimes with fine motor skills, and so that can be a really motivating way to get kids to practice those letters. Um, again, in like a stress and fail-free environment, and you're not you know, using that paper from when we were little with the dotted lines down the middle. Um, but overall, I, I would steer you away from purchasing those sorts of things for young children. Um, for older children, especially like late middle school or high schoolers, tablets and smartphones can really be helpful with productivity and they have visual timers and you can also um, have apps on your phone that lock you out of the internet for half an hour while you're working on something or they remind you to take a break or your calendar will remind you in the morning to take your lunch for a field trip. I think those are really good tools for older children, um, but I really would caution screen time um, for younger children. Additionally, there's been some studies done recently that show that when we read books with children on interactive devices like iPads, the kids don't actually comprehend the story text because they're so focused on pushing the button to make that little icon jump up or to activate whatever cause and effect button is, is embedded in the story. And so we certainly should stay away from things like that um, with young children. All right, so kind of limiting that screen time and looking for more traditional things. You mentioned books and so forth. In looking for that, here's our last question. What are What is a good guide? that is available? Is there a listing? Is there a guide of gifts for children who have ADHD or other cognitive concerns and issues? What, what guide or book can parents look for? There are actually a lot of great resources out there for parents, um, for children of all abilities, ADHD specifically. There's a list on the CHAD website about recommended toys for children. Um, Lecotech actually partners with 
um, Toys R Us. And if you go into any Toys R Us, you can ask them for their toy guide for differently abled children. Um, and Lecotech has tested all of those toys and thought a lot about what skills they target and what's appropriate for every age. And you can leaf through, and it'll tell you what kind of skills each toy in the, that, it, that are listed in the guide target. Um, Lakeshore Learning is a website that has um, a section on it. If you go to the website and click on Guides, it'll, it has a section for toys for children with ADHD. Um, the Melissa and Doug website allows you to search by skills, which I think is really helpful, and age group. Um, once in a while on Pinterest you can find um, therapists or other moms have, have gotten you know, a great gift guide for children with ADHD, but on sites like that you really have to think about um, whether or not those toys are appropriate for your child, but it is certainly a, a good place to start to get ideas. Uh, I think those are very good places. Oh, oh I'm go ahead. So sorry. I just, there's also um, AblePlay, which is a website that um, lists various toys that um, have been evaluated by, by people like me who have a lot of experience with children with a variety of abilities. And you can search the AblePlay website based on the child's age or the fact that they really like active play and, the, and that they have um, ADHD or um, a cognitive delay and that can be really helpful for parents as well. All right, I think those are some really good suggestions and have uh, given parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles like myself a couple ideas of what to look for while shopping for the children that are important in our lives. And a lot of things to keep in mind when we are shopping for children who have ADHD because we want this to be a good experience for our children and for our families. Ms. Murphy, I think you've been wonderful. I think this has been a great conversation. I'm sure our parents and grandparents have taken a lot of notes during your discussion. Oh, thank you. It's really well, to our, thank you. We've been so pleased to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. We're glad to have you. For our audience, we are so pleased that you were able to join us, either watching this as a broadcast or joining us as a podcast and listening to this later. We hope that you will join us for the Ask the Expert webcast series in the coming year. And you can find next year's schedule at www.help4adhd.org or on the CHAD website at chad.org slash asktheexpert. Ms. Murphy and our audience, thank you very much for your time, and we wish you the very best of the holiday season. And we are...